Awesome. Hey guys, how are, we, how are we doing this morning? Man, this is one of my favorite Sundays of all time because we get to see people's personalities just, just pop out um, and people who don't have personalities. No, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, uh, hey, if you're new here, my name is Brian. I'm one of the, the pastors on staff. Uh, and we have been in the book of First John, or the book of First John, and we're about a chapter away, uh, two chapters away from actually finishing this series. And we have been going through this book verse by verse, and uh, I think it has been impactful for us as a church. Uh, and um, yeah, it's just been really cool to see what God has been doing through you in you and you know j Row table was birthed out of this uh this series um and just some people being obedient to loving uh one another and so uh we are going to do something a little different uh maybe for for some of us it's a little more old school and traditional um uh, me personally i'm a little more old school and traditional and so uh in scripture in nehemiah right in nehemiah 8 5 when a levite um, when a priest or a, a, a leader would read from the Word of God, they all stood up. Okay, they all stood up. And so uh, we're going we're gonna to do that this morning. Can we all stand up? Uh, and we're going to read Scripture together. Uh, and then after that, I just want to give you guys some time um, to just pray and talk before the Lord, whether that is, for some of us, the holidays are really tough. Okay. Um, you know, you might have lost a loved one. It reminds you of that. Um, you know, there might be some bitterness in that. Uh, you might have lost uh, uh, something, okay? It's just a tough time. And so, um, and you might be mad at God. And so I just want you, you to have an opportunity to talk before God, uh, before hearing his word. Uh, and for some of us, it, this is a really joyous time, um, you know, some of our best memories happened here. You know, around this time, my wife and I got engaged seven year, about seven years ago. So that, that those, all those memories are, are coming up for me. Uh, and, and so, um, and if that is you, if you are having a great time, if this, this time of the year is a great time, man, thank the Lord. Praise him during that time of silence, that time of prayer. And so uh, scripture is going to be up there, and we're going to read it together. Ready? 1 John uh, 1, 4, 1 through 6, it says this, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see if they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. This is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming even now. It is already in the world. You are from God. Little children, you have conquered them. Because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. They are from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. We are from God. Anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who is not from God does not listen to us. This is how we know the spirit of truth and the spirit of deception. Take some time to pray.
God, uh, we just want to thank you this morning. Um, in the good and the bad, you are still God. You are still good. You are still um, who you say you are. You don't change. Um, and, and that is great. That's great for us as believers. And so as we go through First John, as we, we learn from this, God, may you speak to our hearts. Uh, and may we just not keep it there, but may we also do, do what you are asking us to do. And so, um, God, may you convict us, may you lead us, um, may we feel your love, um, may we feel your fatherhood, and so, God, uh, may you speak to us. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Hey, uh, you guys may be seated. So, uh, a professional athlete, okay, a, a, a real professional athlete is able to hold their breath for about three minutes, okay, three minutes or more. If you're a swimmer, you probably could hold your breath for six minutes. Uh, you're practically a fish or a whale. Um, all right, but if, if you could hold your breath for three minutes, you could label yourself as a professional athlete. Okay, so I did this. Uh, um, yesterday, I was just sitting on the chair, and I was like, all right, what makes a professional athlete? I saw on Google. It's true. Uh, on Google, everything on Google is true. Okay. Um, and, and it says an average athlete, an average professional athlete could hold their breath for three minutes. Okay, and, and so I tried it. Any of you guys think I did three minutes? Raise your hands if you think I did three minutes. Man, if you are raising your hand, Alex, middle school kid, thank you. Um, right? Uh, I, I did it, right? I lasted for about 15 seconds. No, I'm playing. I lasted, <laughs> I lasted for about a minute, um, a minute 31.15 seconds. All right? Um, I was trying to go for two minutes uh, just because but I started getting lightheaded. And now I can't tell people I was a professional athlete. All right, those guys are next level, okay? Um, those, those dudes are completely next level. And so if I told you that I was a professional athlete, okay, I would be a liar, all right? Because I cannot hold my breath for 30 minutes, okay? I'm not even close, all right? Three, three, all right, 30 minutes. That would be amazing, right? That's, <laughs> right? Um, and, and so... You know, it was, a, it was a dumb self-made test, but I just wanted to see, right? I wanted to see if I could prove to be uh, some sort of freak athlete. Uh, unfortunately, I am here at Jericho Road Church, right? Um, I am not a professional athlete, all right? I, we are all professional followers of Jesus, I hope, right? Whoa. <laughs> and so here's what John says in uh, verse 1. He says, dear friends, right, dear friends. Do not believe every spirit. Do not believe every spirit. Just because someone goes to missional community, someone who is feeding the poor, going to church, right? Um, just because someone gives money to the church, right, does not make them someone who is a follower of God. Because there are a lot of evil people who are doing great things, right? Isn't that crazy to think about? There are a lot of evil people doing great things. There are a lot of evil people who, um, who are in the law, who are in the government, who are doing great things in the eyes of people. Uh, but just because they're doing great things does not mean uh, they are of God. Right? And this is why John says, test Every spirit, right? Do not believe everyone. Do not believe uh, everything. And so... The reason why he's using this term spirit, he's using a language that for the hearers back then that they understood because uh, there was this, 
there were certain teachings that were saying, oh, we're just all spirits, right? They were describing humanity as a spirit. And so he's using this language of saying, don't believe every human. Don't believe every spirit, okay? And so, again, just because someone is doing something good does not mean that they are of God. Don't believe every good thing you see, all right? Because there is, uh, there could be something evil behind it. And so uh, he continues on here. He says, John says, dear friends, um, church, don't believe every spirit, right? He says, but test the spirit. That word there, I might butcher this word a little bit. Um, dokemazo, okay? That, that is the Greek word for to examine, to, uh, it, it's even harsher than that, right? But dokemazo every spirit. Scrutinize every spirit. Take them through a rigorous test, okay? Uh, if you've ever seen Navy SEAL shows, right, in order to be a Navy SEAL, you pretty much, okay, you have to be the best of the best. Okay? They go through rigorous training and all these things, right? It does not compare to what we could do. Okay? Those people are on a complete different level as far as, um, as far as cardio and all those things, as far as mental state. And so this is what John is saying, test Put people who say they love Jesus through a rigorous test. Examine them. Right? Isn't that crazy to hear that he's saying, look, don't believe every spirit, but put them to a test. You got to put them to a test. And so um, the, what's funny is that a lot of us, when we go for job interviews, um, when we go through school, uh, for those of you, you understand that, man, yeah, I should go through an interview because uh, I got to prove myself, right? I got I to gotta prove myself. I got to uh, pretty much let people know I can do this. I am capable of this job. Right? That's why interviews exist. That's why exams exist. That's why boards exams exist. Imagine a doctor, right, um, who, who didn't pass their boards, which... I know that's not realistic, uh, but imagine someone who is in charge of your health and is starting to assess your health and is saying, man, your eye looks really white. That is really bad. It needs to be red. Right? That, that's a terrible, that's not a doctor. Right? He's a false doctor. Right? And this is what, what, um, this is what uh, John is saying. He's saying, look, do not believe every spirit, but put everyone to a test. Okay, put everyone to a test because there are many, many, many false prophets. There are people within the churches. There are people who are outside of the churches who are going to say something. All right, it's going to sound really good, and you might be really attracted to it. And what John is saying, he's saying put that thing to a test. Because it could most likely lead you astray from the Lord. Right? Testing not only helps us as a church, but helps you deepen your authenticity of love for the Lord. It proves you are a true believer or a false believer. Okay? Do you guys, got, do you guys get that? Right? Testing not only helps us as a church, but helps you deepen your authenticity of love for the Lord. It proves you are a true believer or a false believer. Nowadays... Right? Nowadays, we mistaken testing for being judgmental. Nowadays, we, we mistaken um, uh, testing, even from the Lord, as someone who is punishing me and he dislikes me. 
do you realize God is not here, right? He, he, he doesn't enjoy punishing you. What parent does? What teacher does? What teacher wants to lay the hammer down and say, I love getting you in trouble? <laughs> they don't. And there's the same thing with God, and there's the same thing with someone who was a follower of, of the Lord, who, who cares for his, uh, the person next to you. Right? When someone asks you a question of, hey, man, do, do you love Jesus? It's not, it's not a question of, I think you don't. Right? It's an honest question. Maybe there's some character flaws. Maybe you did something. Maybe there's something you posted that is not of the Lord, and it goes against who Jesus is, right? Testing helps the church. It deepens our love for the Lord, right? And it proves that whether you are a believer or not. So when someone asks you a question, when someone tests your faith, don't get offended at it. There simply really might be wondering, do you love Jesus? And I know as students, right, I know uh, for us here, we push our students and we ask them, do you get what we're saying? Right? If you have ever talked to a student, uh, they'll just be like, yeah. <laughs> right? And like, what about, what, what about it? Uh, do you understand that we're saying? They're like, yeah. Right? <laughs> it's always, it just looks that way. Right? And the same thing with adults. That's what happens. Right? We get the chest. And so um, here's... Paul gives us this, this gauge, uh, Paul. John gives us this gauge of uh, how we could spot someone who, uh, who is following the Lord. And he simply says this. And this is how you know the spirit of God. Every spirit, right, this is how you know someone who is following the Lord, who is of the spirit of God. He says, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Okay. But every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. Okay. This is the spirit of the Antichrist. All right. The Antichrist is coming, but his spirit is already here. It's on people. Just like the Holy Spirit is on some of us, the Antichrist spirit could be on some of you. All right. And I, I know I'm not saying any of you guys have it. I'm just saying that's the reality of what, what happens within churches. There are false teachers. To enter into here, and they, they are, they're here for their own agenda. And this is what it's saying. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus is from God is of God. But every spirit that isn't from God, right, them professing the Lord, they're not going to do it. Okay? This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming. Even now, it's already in the world. And so, I just want to give you a quick background, right, of what is happening and, and why John is saying this is because there were people uh, going at Jesus. They were going, um, pretty much they were saying when Jesus was on this earth, he was just a spirit, a floating little spirit that looked like a human. Right? And there are people who actually still believe that today. Right? Gnostics, that's, that's what it's called. It's Gnosticism. Okay. Um, there are some people who only believe that Jesus was a human, who was a good man. Right? There are other people who said he was God, but he was not human. When he died on the cross, he did not feel any pain. He did not feel uh, what we think is pain. He just looked like he was in pain. He was a good actor. 
And this is what was going on uh, back in this time of writing. And John was saying, look, Jesus is from God. He was fully human. He was fully holy. He was fully God. Right? I understand that is hard to comprehend. It blows my mind all the time, and I cannot understand how someone can be fully God and fully human. But Jesus is different. There's no one like him. The Bible tells us there's no one like him. There's none like him. There's none but Jesus. And that's what makes him different. That's what makes him begotten. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only begotten son. He is the only begotten son. He is different. How can we believe things like the Big Bang and the flat earth and yet not believe in Jesus' humanity and deity? Anyone who's a flat earther, I'm not going at you. I'm just saying, we believe some crazy stuff. And then when it comes to Jesus, I can't believe that. Okay? And so, right, there, even today, there are some religions that, um, that, go at, that go at Jesus, right? Muslims, they believe that Jesus is a good man. Jehovah's Witness, they believe that he was just... I don't even know what they believe. They, I know they, <laughs> honestly, they just go after the character of Jesus, right? What? Yeah, he was just a prophet, right? Most religions will believe that Jesus is just a prophet. And if we want to get into the works, right, most religions are work-based salvation versus Christianity, that Jesus is the Savior, that there's nothing we can do but only God, right? And so there is all these things that go at, at us, right, that go after Jesus. There's always things going at Jesus, right? And I know this is super simple. I know in West Michigan and um, Muskegon, right, everyone professes that Jesus is Lord. Right? They will tell you that. They will, they will tell you that Jesus is Lord. Um, they will tell you all the facts. They will quote John 3.16. Um, they might even quote um, John 14.6, right? And if they get even deeper, they might even quote the Romans road. Uh, they might even take you through it. And they will profess that Jesus is Lord. But what's funny, what I find funny about, um, in particular, Jericho Road Church, and even people, uh, everyone I, I, I speak to, a lot of people I speak to, right, when I ask this question of, hey, would you be willing to share your Jesus story? Would you be willing to cha- share the, the story of how the gospel has impacted you and changed your life from he brought you from death to life, right? How Jesus has saved you from the sin that you so much struggled with. Can you share that? And the immediate response we normally get, right, is this. I'm not a good public speaker. I love Jesus. I know he's Lord. He, he saved my life. Hey, can you share that story? I'm not good at speaking in front of people. I can't do that. Hey, w- will you do it on a camera? Um, I'm busy during the week. H- how can you say you profess the Lord but are so ashamed of sharing your life-giving story, how Jesus saved you from the depth of darkness and brought you into light? How would you not want to share that right now? Profession. Professing Jesus is not just saying it, right, but celebrating it. 
Same thing goes for prayer, man. We ask people to pray, and they're like, no, I don't pray in public. I don't know how to pray. Then if you don't know how to pray, how are you praying in private? <laughs> I always wonder that. You have the greatest news on your lips, the tip of your tongue. Why would you not profess it? Your story is so unique to you, you should share it. Because it could save a life because of what Jesus is doing in you. Your testimony is not meant to lift you up. Your Jesus story is not meant just for you. It's not meant to make you look good. It's not meant to, to be like, look at me, look what, what I have done. Right? It's not meant to lift you up. It is meant to lift up the church body. When you share your Jesus story, when you share that what God has done for me, what, how he has brought you from death to life, that's not just for you, but it's for every single person in this room. It's to lift each other up. And this is what John is saying. Right? All throughout the scripture, he was saying love one another, love one another. Part of loving one another is letting each other in on that story. Because you don't know what people are going through. You don't know what people could relate to that story. You drug overdose, Jesus saved you. There's probably a lot of drug addicts, former drug addicts in here who need to hear that. Who need to be reminded, man, Jesus saved me. Jesus does love me. Let me go out in the corner and tell this homeless person who's been on drugs about Jesus. Your testimony is not meant for you. It's meant to lift the body of Jesus up. It is meant to lift God up. Um, I, I love John, uh, John the Baptist where, he, where the disciples of John the Baptist are like, man, people are going to Jesus. People are being baptized by Jesus. And he's like, my joy is complete. My joy is complete that Jesus, people are going to Jesus and not me. And he says, I must decrease and Christ must increase. And the Apostle Paul says this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. Your testimony shows the power of God. Share it. Profess it. If Jesus is from God, if Jesus is your Lord, if you, he is who he says he is to you, share it. It is meant to lift us up. It is not meant to keep in secret. John, in verse 4, 5, um, he encourages us. Right? He encourages us and he says, you are from God. You have been saved Right? Jesus died for you. You were a sinner. Now you are not. You have been saved. You are from God. Profess him. And he continues on. He says, little children, you are not just from God. You have conquered them. You have conquered the world because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Do you understand the depth of that verse right now? He's saying that spirit who is in you, that Holy Spirit, that same spirit who raised Christ from the dead is in you. He is greater than the world. 
we have the power of God, not just out on, on our lips, right? It is literally in us. So when a coworker asks you, hey, can you pray for me? Can you tell me about Jesus? Can you tell me why you're so different? Do you understand the power that you have that you could share with that coworker? Man, I'm going off the cuff here. Uh, this week, we have, um, Janine's family was in town, and they brought three dogs, uh, two dogs. I hate these two dogs. Sorry, Alyssa, Janine's sister. Uh, the reason why I hate these two dogs is because it got me out of my routine. All right? I'm out of my routine. I can't be on a couch. Right? People are sleeping on the couch. I'm like, get off the couch in my mind. I didn't say that. All right? Um, right? Um, and, I, I was, and we have our own dog. Okay? His name is Bear. Cutest dog in the whole entire world. If you have a dog, all right, there's no dog like Bear. Okay, and and so I, I was just like, man, I stinking love Bear. I hate these other two dogs. They smell, they stink, they drag in mud. I do not like these dogs. Right? I, it, it's nothing against like they're really cute. They're very cute. Okay, I'll give them that. I look into their eyes. I'm just like, okay. Right? But Bear was, is completely different. He's my dog. Right? He's my dog. And I started to think, God, was <laughs> through owning dogs, man, you just un- really, uh, I'm sure parents with kids, you understand God's love on a different level. But owning a dog, right, I started to think, like, man, if I love my own dog this much, right, and I hate these other two dogs, what the heck kind of love does God have for me? If I hate these two dogs, he sent his one and only son because he loves me. I can't even love these two dogs who are not even human. What makes me think I could love another human who does not belong to me? But God loves me like that? That's the power that you and I have that we should profess. That's the thing that makes us a child of God. That is the thing that makes us a conqueror of the world. Confess your faith in Christ because you are his child and you are a conqueror. I understand that last part being a conqueror, when we think of in terms of war, we probably think of 300, gladiator, right? And we, th- we think of those things, right? but it's more than that. You're a conqueror over your sin because of Jesus. One of the most life-changing things, right, that got me over my porn addiction was the understanding that I can conquer it. Not because of just me, but because Jesus has allowed me to say no to this. Before I met Christ, right, it was really hard to say no to a screen. But because of Jesus, understanding his love for me and, and how uh, going into marriage and how that can affect someone and all of that stuff, right? Being a conqueror was more than just winning a war. It was being able to choose and say no to sin every single day. You are his child. You are his conqueror. Right? Profess him. Don't be ashamed when someone asks, hey, what is your Jesus story? 
in verse 5. It says this, they are from the world, right? There are false prophets. They're from the world. Therefore, what they say is from the world, and the world listens to them. People who profess Christ from the world, all right, John says this, meaning their values are not from Scripture. Their values are what culture says, right? Their standard are what culture says, right? Their beliefs is everything, whatever the TV is telling them, whatever that article is saying, right? They can't think for themselves, right? A false prophet will tell you what you want to hear. A false prophet will tell you what you want to hear. He will soothe your ears and he will get you on his side. I think we see that all the time. We see that all the time. And can I just be real with you? Um, Can I just be real with you right now? Uh, Truth today is no longer truth. Here's what I mean. Truth today is so based on how we feel. It's so based on how we feel, we deceive ourselves and think, oh, that's true. That's true. Let me explain this just a little bit more, right? Um, you can now choose your gender. I feel like a lion, therefore I am a lion. You guys need to call me, right, Simba. Right? I'm a lion. That's not funny. I'm a stinking lion now. Right? I feel that way. Truth is now based on how you feel. There's no filter through God's word. Okay? Our feelings are so deceptive, right? They could, be, they could be so strong and they could lead you away from God. Our feelings not filtered through the word of God can be very, very dangerous. Not just to you, right? but the little ones that you're raising. If you do not feel like going to work today, and you actually went with that feeling, what would happen? You don't get paid. You lose your house. Your kid is out on the street because of how you felt. Feelings that are not filtered by the word of God are very dangerous. Feelings filtered through the word of God are very powerful. They can be very, very true because it's backed by Scripture itself. I had a few examples because, you know, at the gym you hear crazy things, right? Uh, open marriages. I didn't even know that was a thing, right? People are now pushing for open marriages. Here's why, right? Because it deepens the marriage that you are in now. Isn't that crazy? Right? Sleep around because your real wife will love you even more, <laughs> right? Sleep around because you're going to communicate better with your wife and your husband, That's a real thing that's being taught. Open marriages are so good for relationships. All of you guys should try it. I bet you it's going to be really good for you. Another thing, right? Living together to figure out if you're compatible. Dumbest thing I've ever heard. And maybe you have, you did live together and you did find out you were compatible. But that moment... (laughs) But then you get married and that power is gone. Marriage, that move-in date is diminished. And if that was you, all right, I'm not trying to go at you, okay? 
I'm just trying to help you understand this is what the world is teaching everyone around us today, that you should live together before getting married. Marriage is diminished. The holiness of God is diminished. His standard, his values are diminished. This one will always confuse me. Um, people not having, married people not having kids uh, because they don't want to bring a kid into this evil world. It sounds really good. It sounds really good because the world is a big dump. It's a big dump. Why? Because sin has happened. Sin entered. Sin is here. Um, right? And this is our temporary home. But why would you not want to raise your kid who can make a change in other kids' lives, right, who can point them back to Jesus? Why would you not give a kid that opportunity to experience the love of Jesus? And if you can't have a kid, I am so sorry. Um, I think my wife and I can relate with you, right? Uh, our, our first few uh, years here, we were trying to have a kid, and nothing happened, right? Um, we haven't felt the, the, the power of that. Uh, we haven't felt the disappointment of that just yet. Uh, and I, I'm, I'm praying we don't. <laughs> I'm praying we don't. I'm praying, I'm praying it just works, <laughs> okay, that we wouldn't have to experience that disappointment. But if we do, then God is still good. God is still God. He is still on his throne. Don't let truth be based on your feelings. Filter it through the word of God. And again, I'm not trying to offend you if you have fallen into these lies. All right. I just want to warn the next generation from making these mistakes. Last verse, it says we are from God. Right? He points us back to God. Reminding those then and us that we are from God. And he says, anyone who, uh, anyone who knows God listens to us. Okay, Remember, John uh, was a, a, an original OD, right? An original uh, disciple of Jesus. Someone who walked with him, who saw all that he did, all the miracles, right? Who was on the boat with him, uh, who saw Peter walk on water, who uh, saw him, right? The resurrected tomb. Um, and so... John is saying, right, anyone who listens to us, anyone who is listening to us, we are all simply reiterating the word of God. He says, anyone who, lists, uh, anyone who knows God listens to us. Anyone who does not um, is not from God and does not listen to us, right? They listen to the world and its teachings. So here, here's a question I have for you, right? What are you listening to? Who are you listening to? Okay. Nowadays, uh, books hold more power. In particular, Christian books hold more power than the Word of God itself. Just because it's a Christian book does not make it the Word of God. It makes it an opinion encouraged by God's truth. And do you know that Christians can be wrong sometimes? Just because they've sold one million copies, it don't make them right all the time. Everything, right, 
Everything you hear, every feeling, everything you listen to should be filtered through the word of God. And so I ask you guys, what are you listening to? How are you filtering the things that you find very nice? Right? And how, are you, how is scripture backing that feeling, that opinion up? A true follower of Jesus professes the faith their faith, their life-giving story. A true follower of Jesus right, understands who they are listening to. And if God is at the pinnacle of who they're listening to, that's pretty dang good. Here's the sad part, right? Um, there's a lot of people who are going to say, I love Jesus, right? And they're going to look good, and, they're going to, and it's going to sound real good, and, and they're going to, it's going to seem like they're listening. But the moment they start doing something, it's something else. Right? I pray that's not us. I pray that when we, we sit on these pews, when we go to MC, uh, when we read uh, Scripture, that we can be honest and say, man, I have not been listening to God. I want to listen more. I want to be a professing Christian, I want to be real. I, want, I don't want to be a false teacher. I don't want to nitpick truth. I want to follow the truth and the truth alone. A real follower of Jesus professes their story, is not, under, is not ashamed of what Jesus is doing in their life. A true follower of Jesus listens simply to the teachings of Jesus. You are a child of God. You are a conqueror if you do that. All right? You are a child of God. You are a conqueror if you do that. And as we listen, as we profess our faith in Jesus, right, as, as Jim will probably go on into in the coming weeks, right, as you deepen your love for the Lord, right, that love will be expressed in loving each other. And this is what John keeps saying. God is love, so love one another. Listen to God, so love one another. Right? Beware of the Antichrist so that you may love one another well. This is how we know what love is. He laid down his life for us. So follow the example and love one another. Everything John teaches points back to Jesus and points outwardly so that we may love one another. Let's pray. God, I thank you. Um, I thank you for this church. Um, I thank you. I thank you for every single person here. Um, I pray you will continue to change our lives. That we don't just know the truth, but we also live it out. That we will allow Jesus not, not just to save us now from sin, but also live as if we were in heaven. That's the craziest thing to think about that. Man, because Jesus loves me, because he has saved me, I can live and taste a little bit of heaven on this earth. God, I pray we will be unashamed of sharing what you are doing in us. And if we're struggling, that we will share that and we, we won't... We won't be scared. 
because we know you're going to help us. We know that you're going to hear us. We know you're with us, and and we know that you're going to help us through whatever we're struggling with. So help us to share that with people. And secondly, God, help us to um, be careful what we let in. I pray our ears, um, that your word will be the pinnacle of, of, of truth. Not what the world thinks, not what the world values. The world can't even figure out what's right anymore. What's wrong has now become right. It's just all twisted. So God, as parents, may we lead those under us to the truth. And God, if there's any student here, we are not, we're not excused from this anymore. We could read. We could read God's word. Even if we might not understand it, that's what parents are for, to help us to understand what is, what is being read, what is being written. So God, thank you for loving on us. God, may you work in us. May you change us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.